So when I grew up, um, probably you as well, Will, when you were a kid, your parents told you don't talk to strangers, right? Well, now it's almost laughable because now I remember I, I got grounded when my, my little girlfriend and I in high school made a MySpace and we got grounded because that was very dangerous. You know, our parents said, well, we don't know who's going to be talking to you on this thing. And, and that's, you know, asking for trouble. But now with the click of a button, anyone can access your kids. Anyone can access your kids with a click of a button. Now, friends, that was the voice of Amy Storer. And you may not know who Amy is, but if you've got children, you know anybody who's got children, or you care about kids at all, this is definitely a message that you're going to want to hear. So stay tuned for that, and let's cue the music. Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am Wilt from WiltWorld.com. This is going to be episode 51 of the D-Rate the Hate podcast. We did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. So what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? This week's episode is definitely a little bit different than what you're used to from the D-Rate the Hate podcast. This is going to be more about awareness an awareness about a subject that I think could not be more important. And that's going to be the subject of human trafficking and child exploitation. And that's because I cannot personally think of anything more hateful than robbing a child of their innocence or robbing a family of their child. Parents, if you generally listen to this with your kids, this this may be an episode that you want to listen to by yourself before you let them listen to it, just because there may be some stuff that's sensitive in here that you would rather explain to them maybe a little bit beforehand. I, I do think it's an incredibly important episode, and our guest, Amy Storer, has definitely got a message that you're going to want to hear, and, and I believe that it's very important for, for your, your kids to hear as well. Amy is an analyst with Homeland Security Investigations out of Miami, currently assigned to a Joint Intelligence Operations Center. Previously, Storer worked at Washington, D.C. headquarters with collective national security experience at the National Targeting Center, the Tactical Intelligence Cell, the National Intelligence Watch, Office of White House Liaison. Storer also served as a congressional liaison representing Homeland Security on legislative efforts to abet the Homeland mission. Her work is victim-centered with a human slavery and child exploitation cases in prime focus. For Amy Storer's full bio or contact information, in case you would need to get a hold of her after this episode, you can find that in the show description or the show notes on www.deratethehate.com. Now, when I ask the question, what have you done today to make the world a better place? Amy Storer is certainly one of those people doing exactly that. So with that, let's just jump right into the interview. All right, Amy Storer, thank you for joining the Derate the Hate podcast. Thank you so much, sir. It's an honor to be here. I'm really excited to share my message with your listeners and really just feel honored that someone out there like you is putting this very critical, urgent crisis of human slavery front and center for, for us to be focused on. Well, well, thank you very much for what you're doing. And the reason I reached out to you for this interview was I, I can't think of anything personally more hateful than robbing a child of their innocence or a family of their child. In your bio, 
You state your work is victim-centered with a human slavery and child exploitation cases in prime focus. How did that come to be your prime focus, Amy? Yes, thank you, Wilk. Uh, So, you know, working for Homeland Security Investigations, we prosecute all different types of federal crimes, anything from financial fraud to terrorism, narcotics. And for me, I've always wanted to help people. Once I did the first case that I've ever worked on, I could not imagine doing anything else. I just, for me, it's just, it's unbelievable to see what these victims and these kids are going through. I feel very blessed to have the life that I have. I will never have a bad day when I see all day what my victims are going through. And for me, that that is what I what I focus on. I, I do I do investigate, uh, of course, all other types of crimes, but that is really where my heart is and what I uh, work the hardest at. Well, obviously, the human exploitation and, and the the child exploitation and the human slavery is a very broad subject, and there's obviously a lot more than we could get into than we can do in one interview. But sure. what I would like it to focus on in this interview primarily is. What is happening online right now with kids and and social media? I I know in an article that recently published in uh, The Telegraph out of the UK, the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children stated that Facebook's apps were used in more than half of all online sex crimes. Can you expand on that for my listeners? Mm-hmm. And, and what's being done yes. to combat you. that here in the States? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Will, for bringing up that incredibly important subject. It just honestly boils my blood. I just get so enraged when I think about how these companies are really facilitating the crime of human slavery. And, and they're honestly not doing anything about it. Finally, after so many years, Congress is starting to, to kind of take a little heat onto them. But it, it really is just about profit for them. They are basically uh, very slow to respond to law enforcement requests. And their definition, this is actually very, very pathetic. And it's, it's become worse and worse over time. When I first started doing these cases, you could do a regular subpoena issued by myself for law enforcement. And if it related to child exploitation, a child being abused, we, we could get that information. Now they require... Even for child exploitation, the requirement is to also get a non-disclosure order signed from a judge or they will tell the, the person, the bad guy, the account holder, that you, Homeland Security, are looking at the account. So they'll give you the information, but they're going to basically tell the bad guy, here you go, Homeland Security is looking at you. And then what are they going to do? They're going to head for the run for the hills, right? So... In order to get a non-disclosure order signed from a judge, it is a very arduous process and it's extremely time consuming. So Facebook, uh, they still have one, by the grace of God, one emergency example for chat exploitation. But to give you an idea of what that entails, you actually have to have knowledge that it is a hands-on offender in order for Facebook to expedite that request as an emergency. Now, here's my question. How do I know if uh, a child predator is a hands-on offender. Okay, if I talk about wanting to do cocaine every day, uh, what are the chances that I'm going to do cocaine if it's placed in front of my face? Okay, so this is a very reactive, basically what Facebook is saying is we're gonna wait till that child becomes a victim before we consider that an emergency. Unless you know it's a hands-on offender, that's not an emergency. It is the opposite of, of 
the case. I mean, we want to prevent children from becoming victims. Some of the best cases in my career were when we were able to prevent that from happening. And it's pretty sad that these companies have this, this policy. And not only that, Facebook is the number one place of recruitment. All of these social media companies, Instagrams, um, now you've got OnlyFans. That's just a nightmare. OnlyFans actually has all of these accounts where there's young girls, underage girls in very sexual poses, wearing very little clothing and people are just sending money. Child predators are just sending money. Uh, you don't know who's operating that account. A lot of times the parents are basically pimping out their own children and it's just to make money on, on what? On um, selling children, uh, basically. So OnlyFans has become a very huge in the sex slavery world. Uh, I really believe that OnlyFans really like the new back page. I think they need to be actually shut down in my uh, personal opinion. I, I wish that we could take some kind of aggressive approach on them. I think these companies are at, you know, I, I worked a case, for example, we'll just give you one example. So when I grew up, um, probably you as well, Will, when you were a kid, your parents told you don't talk to strangers, right? Well, now it's almost laughable because now I remember I, I got grounded when my, my little girlfriend and I in high school made a MySpace and we got grounded because that was very dangerous. You know, our parents said, well, we don't know who's going to be talking to you on this thing. And, and that's, you know, asking for trouble. But now with the click of a button, anyone can access your kids. Anyone can access your kids with a click of a button. Okay. So for example, I've worked cases where um, child sex trafficker, his entire friend group, all of his like 2000 friends were underage girls, every Good single grief. one. Yeah. And it's, guess what? It's a numbers game. I had another case where this uh, particular pedophile added the entire middle school. It's a numbers game. Okay. He's going to get one of them to fall for it. He's going to go after the lonely kid that the, the parents aren't home or they're, you know, they're maybe want some money and they want a teddy bear or want to, you know, whatever that they're missing in their life. It just, it blows me away that this is going on. So what does Facebook propose the solution? Facebook proposes to now they want to make a uh, child only uh, Instagram. First of all, that's impossible to enforce. Secondly, you just asked, that's like a predator's right. heaven, hey. like all of the, you know. As, as Homeland Security has approached these social media platforms, what steps are the social media platforms actually taking to work with the Department of Homeland Security when it comes to this, this very evil thing that's taking place? What are, what are well, they doing? I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you right now, it's shocking. You know, when I, it, to me, you know, it, it's just shocking. You think that this is Homeland Security and everybody's going to want to help you. And especially for child crimes. And it, it is the opposite. It is like pulling teeth. It is. I, I mean, these people are just heartless. I'm sorry. I can't stand them. For me, I, I've actually had to constantly call for them to answer. So any child that I know is in danger, I'm going to. I'm going to push that through as automatic um, emergency. And I've, I've had them question me one time. I overrode that. Like, you know, for me, but here's the problem is they, they take so long to answer and they have blood on their hands. T-Mobile, here's another example, right? So, okay, if I'm doing a trafficking case and I need to get the phone tolls, that's very critical. Without the phone tolls, your case is over, right? I mean, you can't really get a lot of evidence, right? I mean, without the, excuse me, the phone tolls. Yeah. The phone tolls. So what I, what I mean by that is um, phone tolls is like, if I send a subpoena to your phone, 
that's going to tell me everybody that you're calling, right? It, it's very uh, vital for human trafficking cases. So I was working a child sex trafficking case. I, of course, the phone was T-Mobile. They're the absolute worst. It's a nightmare. I mean, I was like, my heart sank when it was T-Mobile because I knew it was just, I knew that we were going to have so many more victims because T-Mobile wasn't going to answer us for months. And that's exactly what happened. Four months later, they finally get back to me. United Airlines, there's another example. Four months later, they got back to me. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, it is laughable. It is an absolute joke. And I'm sorry, but if you're too busy because your company is that big, and, and I get it, everybody has Facebook, but guess what, Facebook, you have a lot of money. These companies are loaded. Like T-Mobile is not going bankrupt. You need to hire more people if that's the problem. Um, and so I, I would really like to advocate for some very aggressive measures to be taken to basically force these companies to actually answer us. I honestly don't know how these people can sleep at night knowing that they're not answering this, uh, knowing that they don't care. Uh, I actually had um, Hilton, the Hilton headquarters, the hotel, the hotel industry is very important for trafficking cases and they are horrible. It's a nightmare, except for Marriott. I will give Marriott credit. I have one good contact. I can, I can name on one hand the amount of people that I can rely on in this country for this crime. And I don't even want to say who, because I I'm so afraid of losing them or the bad guys yeah. finding out. So, so you said that Congress is finally starting to do a little bit of something to, to push back. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, from my perspective, Congress is, is as bad at mm-hmm. doing nothing yeah. as they've All ever right. been, but, mm-hmm. but Congress, what is Congress doing to help Boy. in this fight? What are they currently doing to help in this fight against the human Man. trafficking and the child exploitation? I tell you what, I, I would like a, an answer for that. I, it's just, to me, it blows my mind why this is not the number one priority for the Congress, you know, and I, I just don't get it. You know, for me, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know, they're so slow moving. I actually spoke with members of Congress after I tested or after I gave this other speech and they wanted to talk to me about the big business model of human trafficking. And I just said, it's very obvious. I said, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the big business model of human trafficking. It is the porn industry and it is strip clubs. If you want to eradicate human slavery in this country, if you shut down pornography and shut down strip clubs, you would eliminate over half of it. I mean, you would probably 70% of human trafficking victims are trafficked into the porn or the strip clubs. That, that right there is, and of course now like it's a big shocker that everybody is shocked that, oh, Pornhub had this uh, bombshell that this these young kids were being forced to, to be raped on video for all these years. And people are shocked by that. I mean, this has been going on forever. It's like, but God bless the journalist that actually put interviewed that victim and made that go viral. I will say that there are some good things going viral because I think, you know, this has been. And so I, I said to, to Congress, you know, you need to make strip clubs illegal. And then they're probably just going to laugh in my face. But but I literally said that. And I, I stand firm in my belief. I have never worked a case, a human trafficking case that did not in some way involve a strip club. Um, and the next and they're all on drugs. And if they're on drugs, these girls, I can tell you what any female ages uh, 15 to, let's say, 26, that is addicted to some type of drug will most likely become a victim of human slavery. And that is a sad fact. That is my experience working these cases. Uh, the reason being, it's a very easy way. Pimps love, pimps love to get girls hooked on drugs because they become dependent upon them. 
not only that, they'll be afraid to go to the police because they're not going to go to the police if they're on meth, you know, and so they're not going to be able to get a job because they're going to probably have a felony record by that point, And they're not going to be able to function. So if they don't have a job, they have no freedom. They have no independence. And that makes the trafficker's life a lot easier because he's more able to control her. Then it also becomes, uh, well, West Virginia, the state of West Virginia, if you can believe this, had one of the highest rates of human trafficking in their history within the last few years. And I was kind of studying, well, why is that? There's no major international airports. And I know trafficking happens everywhere. Let's not kid ourselves. However, it was such, it was such a big hike that I wanted to study why. And I ended up quickly realizing why. And the fact is, West Virginia was ravaged by the opioid crisis. I mean, just ravaged. And so man, it was like one of the worst states for the opioid crisis. So I started to read through some of these reports of these victims and the victims were basically saying that their drug dealer boyfriend became their pimp, became a debt bondage situation. What I mean about debt bondage situation is the pimp will say, I've been giving you all this cocaine for all these drugs for, you know, X amount of months. And now you owe me $3,000. So you're going to have to have sex with some of my friends tonight to work that off. Next thing you know, they are traveling around the country and they are literally in invisible chains. I mean, these girls are so messed up. You want to talk about mental health problems, problems in this country. A lot of these people who have been victimized as a child who have been, they never mentally recover from this. You know, these girls and, and, and I tell people don't think it's not a violent crime, human trafficking, these, any gang member. So we have a, in Homeland Security, we work a lot of gang cases. Well, I talk to the gang group and I say, Hey, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Every single gang in this country is is basically human traffickers. That's what they're doing. Um, that's how they make their money. Uh, modern day gangs are are human traffickers. What concerns me about this whole thing is this culture of you know we have all this awareness now, right? That's that's the thing that blows my mind. Okay, unless you're living under a rock, you have some awareness about this issue. But the problem that I see and I see it every day at work is on social media. These young girls and these guys, all these young pimps, there is a whole culture out there where they are glorifying pimphood. And I don't know why. I, I don't know. Right. I, I certainly didn't know the extent in, until I reached out to you after seeing some of the stuff that you had posted on LinkedIn. I had no idea the extent of of what was going on in our country and, and how the internet was being used to mm-hmm. lure and, and groom the, the use of this country mm-hmm. into this lifestyle. And, and, and I think, like I said, I guess this is not a conversation that most people have. And I, and I think most parents are probably like me. They have no idea uh, the extent mm-hmm. of this. And, and they probably just think of it as a, uh, as a scary thing that's on uh, this this mythical dark web that nobody really knows about. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know nothing about the dark web, and I I've always pictured this type of evil only taking place on the dark mm-hmm. web. So mm-hmm. w- when you talk about the the pimp culture and, and how they are luring the the young people in, and and mm-hmm. whether it be with drugs or convincing them to run away. What's one of the primary things that a, a parent should be looking for? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I, I, I've only, in my mind, only thought of this type of thing happening on the dark web. And I never thought children could be 
I mean, oh, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't find the the dark web if I wanted to. I, I, I'll oh. be honest with you. I don't know enough well, about the I'm internet. I don't want to know. How does a the average parent's child encounter this, and and what can the average parent do mm-hmm. to make sure yeah. their children are not being exposed to this evil? Yeah, you know, I think that's such an important question, Wilka. The simple answer is keep kids offline totally. I mean, just don't even give them a computer. I tell people the most dangerous thing to your child is that cell phone that's in their hand. And I'm telling you what, I had parents call me. I mean, it's crazy. And it's, I mean, it's not just kids. Believe me, I I have had people that have raised their kids and from good families, all of a sudden their daughter goes off to college, starts dating a felon and falls off the face, quits school, quits the team, new phone, never to be heard from again. And we all know what happened. And it just, burns my blood because I search high and low to get evidence. I do everything I can. Problem with this crime, it is these girls are completely brainwashed and they're ashamed and they're scared. And unless they want to cooperate with us, we don't have a case. And it is like, we have so much going against us with this crime. And so, you know, back to your point about, you know, people think this isn't happening on the, on the web. I mean, I, I challenge every everybody on the call tonight to type in the word pimp on Facebook. You 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 want to throw up. You'll be so disgusted. Uh, these people are. Uh, that's what what kills me the most. They are literally. This crime is so blatant and it is so prevalent that these pimps are all over Facebook and they're they're posting pictures of their giant stacks of of Benjamins. And all their women that they're showcasing and slapping their butts and literally selling the women in in photographs. I I saw a Facebook of one of these pimps and he had like 50 different photos of all the girls that he was putting up for sale. And, you know, these pimps are master manipulators, too. You know, for example, uh, one of the worst traffickers that I, I helped this agent with, he's one of the greatest agents that I've ever worked with. He's out in Idaho. These pimps, man, they are picking up victims left and right. Okay, they're just seeing dollar bills on these kids. They look at your kids the way you look at. It's just unbelievable. So this, we finally arrested this guy. He he was uh, he actually would recruit the girls on a dating site on Tinder. And and anyway, so one of by the time we arrested him, and we had so many victims. By the time we arrested him, he was there with a seventeen-year-old girl, a minor blew our minds. Like we didn't even know about this one. Uh, this was his newest victim. Uh, luckily we can now get him on, um, child trafficking charges, which is a good federal charge. But this little girl that we spoke to, she had no idea that her pictures were already posted on sex websites. He was already planning to take her out that night for her to be raped and him to make profit. And so that's why there's such a sense of urgency to this because Thank God we saved that little girl from that. You know, even one time of being sold will mentally destroy somebody. And the first case I ever worked, this pimp actually murdered the girl. They're very violent. And they will, I always tell people there are three types of pimps. There's the Romeo pimp who will romance a victim, right? And a young girl, I was a young girl once. And, you know, young girls, they get their first crush and they, you know, they, they'll do anything for this guy, you know, puppy love or whatever. And so the Romeo pimp, the second type of pimp is the opportunity pimp. Those are the ones that are going to offer you the job. So labor trafficking, which um, we didn't touch much on tonight, but that is um, one of the things that they will try to lure people for a job. 
and then they end up becoming slaves. I've worked labor trafficking cases where these men uh, from Mexico, literally two of them died on these farms, literally slaves. I mean, it's like, it's really unbelievable. And their passports are taken. They have no way out. My best advice to parents, and I'm a, I'm a professor and I tell my students, I say, go out, be independent. If you are making your own money, having your own job, raise your kids to be independent. That is the strongest defense for this because the worst thing is if they fall into drugs, that, that is, that is a a scary thing because if they fall into drugs, man, they're going to be in a big time trouble. But the one thing, yeah. And communication is key. Obviously talk to your kids. And and if they do have a phone, make sure you're looking at who they're texting, you know, who they're calling and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the, one of the slides that I had seen, uh, or one of the pieces of, of information that I had seen uh, said that a common myth is, is that it's only girls that mm-hmm. uh, only young girls and, and women that are being exploited and, and, and trafficked. Talk about mm-hmm. uh, the biggest challenge you guys face yeah. when it comes to, to boys and young men, when it comes yeah. to the, the trafficking. No, that's, yeah, that is such a good point. Thank you. Wilk. yeah. So of course, young boys are victims as well. Um, and the sickest part is young boys actually are, are, are very much at risk for, of course, child exploitation and child predators. Girls are, are going to be more targets for possibly trafficking. But what I like to tell people, there is a very strong growing correlation between child predators and becoming traffickers. Okay. Pedophiles are now looking to make profit. And so it's very easy to do that on the internet. Okay. And also the the scary thing, if I was a pedophile in 1950 America, would I go tell my neighbor about that? No, of course not. But now on the dark web, you have a whole community of people. If you like to have sex with clowns, there is a community of people relating to you, literally cheering you on. If you go on the dark web, which, uh, hopefully you never will, but I, I work dark net cases too. And it's like stuff from your nightmares. I mean, there is actually a tutorial that these, these uh, creeps are sharing about how to kidnap kids. What's the best way to groom a child? What is the best way to, and one of the things that they do to young boy, little boys and girls is they try to tell them, Hey, like to have a secret, right? They say, let's have a secret together. Right. So always make sure you tell your kids that, no other adult is allowed to have a secret with you. And hopefully, you know, you can say that in a way to them that they'll understand that, you know, it, it's fine to have a secret with mom and dad, but you're not, well, not even mom and dad. Actually, 78% of children that are sexually exploited are actually exploited by one of their parents, which is, that's uh, terrible. It's, yeah, it's that. And you know what happened? So I, when COVID, yeah, that's so COVID, well, and, yeah. And that, that was actually the next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I was going to ask is what effect has this lockdown that the mm-hmm. COVID, uh, not, not even the COVID so much, but, but the, the government's reaction to the COVID, what have the lockdowns and just the, the isolation, uh, what effect has the isolation and the lockdowns imposed yeah. by, by, by these government agencies? How, what kind of, how, how has that affected the human slavery and, and child exploitation market? Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. It is absolutely horrendous. So, uh, and it's interesting you mentioned it because this to me just blows my mind. So the National, Ch- the National Center for Exploited and Missing Children has reported a 98% increase 
and child online sex enticement reports leads 98% increase in the year 2020 compared to the year 2019. I mean, what does that tell you? Okay, so all these creeps, uh, nobody's going anywhere. They're just sitting around on the internet, getting their jollies on and uh, hurting kids and and really virtual trafficking, it, it should be considered. I mean, they're selling these kids uh, online. And so the crazy part is like Twitter, and I can't stand them, like these companies, these actual victims are suing Twitter now. And thank God, I hope they just sue them for every penny they're worth because uh, they actually kept trying to get Twitter to take off these, to remove these child exploitation videos of them and they never would. Uh, and it's just unbelievable, you know, because they don't care. The more people click on it, the more profit they get. It's all about clicks. It's all about the money. That's how sick it is. But back to your point about the COVID. Okay. So my biggest concern of all is the fact that all of these kids now, there's no school. 78% of children are being exploited by somebody within the home. So now they don't have an outlet. They don't, and kids don't know that something bad is happening to them. They don't understand what sex is or what boundaries are or whatever. So now they have nobody to talk to. A lot of times teachers will call us and they'll say something's not right. You know, check this out. So what are those kids most likely to do then? They're most likely to also run away. Okay. But even a child who's being abused is not likely to run away unless somebody is on the internet luring them to run away. Okay. So these predators, these traffickers, they go after these kids strategically. They can smell vulnerability. I'm telling you what. Man, they just know they can just see it in the eyes of the ones that are being abused and the ones that are. And so what these predators will do is they will convince the children. They know the law. These these uh, traffickers are very smart and uh, some of them are very smart. Unfortunately, they'll actually tell these children, tell one of your friends or family members that you're running away. And why do they want them to say that? They want them to say that because they know damn well that unfortunately we need to change the law big time here because a runaway, a child that's a runaway is basically considered just like unruly child. It's just like a runaway. There's like a habitual person that runs away. They don't, okay. Now, if they're designated as a missing child, it is all hands on deck, call the US Marshals. Every law enforcement is gonna designate all the resources. And so these traffickers know that. So they know, so runaways are actually the most vulnerable of all because there's nobody out there looking for them. They don't have parents that love them. Uh, 50 to uh, 70% of all child sex trafficking cases come from the foster care system. That has to just make you sick. I, I literally can't believe that. 98% of all human trafficking victims in one study, there's not many studies on this, to be honest, but in one study, 98% were found to be from the welfare, either foster or welfare. And now you look at the border situation. You've got all these children down at the border and they just announced that they're going to not be having background checks. I'm not getting political here at all, but this is a very big, to me, this is unbelievable that this would even be considered. Not going to have background checks on the people that are going to be going to help care for them. You know, that's a pedophile's paradise, you know, not even doing a sex offender check. I mean, that's just terrible. So I worry about those kids. I worry about, I mean, children who don't have parents, who don't have money, they're very vulnerable to this. But the COVID for the trafficking, the trafficking hotline, I think, doubled during COVID. Um, so I remember during the lock, I remember the first time um, everything locked down in New York City in the very beginning, okay, when it was like emergency and we were all scared. We didn't know what was going to happen. And there was a record number of sex trafficking of 
of sex advertisements posted in New York City. I triple the amount that I normally see posted right there in New York City. These pimps don't care about spreading disease. They don't care about anything. I mean, so I'm telling you what, and the men that are buying the sex, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest problem. We need to get um, a felony charge on men that are buying sex as well. That would be, or at least a three strike rule or something. But I have all kinds of ideas that are unfortunately going nowhere fast with this Congress. But, you know, I, I keep trying and people like you, I, I love talking to you because I want to hopefully get more people to call their Congress representative and get some changes here. No doubt. I, I it, It's absolutely heartbreaking. You know, obviously, I've, I've just spent a lot of time listening because uh, as I said, I, I have to plead ignorance. I, I did not know. And I, and I, I just don't think most people know most people are good people. They just want to live their lives. And I think a lot of people are just blind to how big of a problem this actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's very sad. It's, it's heartbreaking. And, and like I said, this episode is very much going to be, and this interview is, is very much, uh, about bringing awareness to something that I, the cold yeah. reality of, of what this is. And I, I think what you're doing is, 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 is incredibly important. Thank um, you. What can my listeners do as far as reaching out to you, reaching out mm-hmm. to Homeland Security? Who, yeah. who is, what is the best resource? If there is anybody listening, mm-hmm. if anybody that has any inkling that they, that there's something going on, what can they do? How can they reach yeah. you? Uh, Absolutely. No. How, how yep. can they reach the the Department of Homeland Security? Uh, sure. What are, What are the best avenues to find help for for people they mm-hmm. may know that are experiencing mm-hmm. this? Or yeah, no, that's a, absolutely. And I, I um I would love to share my contact information with your listeners. I'm based in the Miami, Florida office, but I'm sure your your listeners are all over. But we have we have offices all over the place. Uh, we have offices, a great office in Minnesota. We have a great, we have offices all over the world, actually. So you can also, if, if you're more comfortable, you can also just call and report to the human trafficking hotline that, you know, with the Polaris project, you can um, easily do that. But if you would rather reach out to me, um, I'm happy to share my contact information. And, and most importantly, if you see something, say something. As I was telling Wilk earlier, um, you know, I had a truck driver, a semi-truck driver, call me a week after this incident occurred and it was bothering him so much, but he's kicking himself that he didn't take action when he could have, could have saved a life. But he called me and said, you know, there was this young girl. I mean, she was like a kid. He's like, she must've been like 10 years old, came up and knocked on my truck, on my semi at the rest stop, offered me sex. And I just, you know, and he's like, I was just so shocked. I just couldn't believe it. And, and I said, well, did you get a picture of her? Did you get a license plate? Did you call the police? If something doesn't look right, take action, call the police, do something. Because at the very worst case scenario, you're wrong. Okay, who cares? I think people are so afraid to call the police when, you know what, the police are there to help. And if if more people would actually get the courage to to say something and do something, you know, you could save a life. And I tell you what, that little girl is... Uh, out there probably having a bad night right now and she could be safe if we had if he had maybe done something a little different so if that happens if you do get encountered uh by any men out there get encountered by somebody that you think might be a trafficking victim definitely try to get a phone number try to get a picture if you can get a license plate get us something that we can find this girl you know what i mean so obviously um do it in a safe way but it it would definitely help us that we can 
try to find this person and get her some help and, you know, also offer that person help, you know, are you okay? Do you need help? And sometimes, uh, I actually, one of my best friends now is a survivor. She was trafficked from Bulgaria with a very violent gang. Um, and she was actually trafficked to Holland where prostitution is legal, legal, by the way. So legalizing prostitution is not the answer. It's only worse. It only gets worse. Vegas has one of the highest child sex trafficking rates in the country. So that's just another example. But anyway, she um, is one of my best friends, but actually it was a John, a male that was buying sex from her, helped save her life. And he just said, are you okay? And she's like, no, I want to get out of here. And he, she said, I'm afraid this guy's going to kill me and he's going to kill you if you try to help me. But he helped her escape through this window. And she was even still she kept, she kept begging him, take me back. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill us. That's how the fear is what drives these people. And, and their fear is not unfounded because these traffickers will kill. I've worked a case Mm. where he killed one of them. And anyway, so take action, definitely call the police, contact me, call the trafficking hotline. What is that phone number for the trafficking hotline? The human trafficking hotline in, in the uh, United States is one eight eight eight. Three seven three seven eight eight eight, and you can also text. They've also got a texting hotline if you want to text, and that text hotline is two three three seven three three, and it's twenty four hour hotline. So they're always going to be there taking calls. And that's the Department of Homeland Security. Or that's a that's just the human trafficking hotline. Yeah. And that's where all the the leads go for that. So, and what they do is they send the leads to us or to whatever the local police department, they send it to wherever it needs to go, essentially in in the country. Okay. So again, that human human trafficking hotline is Mm 1-888-373-7888. Yes. And the tech text hotline is you just text whatever message you want to want to send to Two three three seven three three. Perfect. Just two three three seven three three. Yep. Exactly. Two three three seven three three. And it says to if you want to do the text, it says to include the word help or info. Include the word help or info. Yeah, that way they'll know that you're you're sending them info. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, awesome. Amy, I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. But more oh, than that, okay. I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. I, I think, you know, the the mission that you're you're on is is so very important. You know, help, helping people that are in this situation. Like I've told, you know, I tell people every week with the uh, with the podcast. You know, what what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? People oh. that are fighting this battle, people that are fighting this this you know, child sex exploitation and human trafficking, the people fighting that fight couldn't be fighting a more important fight in, mm-hmm. in the pursuit to make the world a better place. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for thank what you're you, doing. Bill. You know, thank keep up the so work. I, I hope that we can. You, yeah. I, I, I hope we can talk again sometime. Oh, and, of course. And of if course. Uh, anything more that I can do, you know, reach you're out amazing. to me, let me know. I, will I just definitely... want to give you a big hug. I just appreciate you. And together we can free the slaves, you know, and I'm just grateful that I wish we need more men like you is what I wish that care about this issue and actually really care. It's like, wow, it's just so refreshing. And thank you so much for having me on. Well, I, I will definitely put your contact information in the, yes, uh, in, in the show notes and in the show Please description do. here. 
Please and, do. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so very thank much. Thank you so much, Will. You're the best. We'll be in touch. Appreciate everything you're doing. So, friends, if you're anything like me, that was a whole lot to absorb. And I can't thank Amy Storer and all of her colleagues enough for what they're doing to battle this incredible evil. So, again, those hotline numbers, the human trafficking hotline is 1-888-373-7888. Or the text hotline is 233-733 and include the word help or info. Now, obviously, all of this info with those phone numbers will be in the show notes that can be found with this episode at www.deratethehate.com. With that, I'm going to wrap up tonight's episode. Again, I'm going to ask you, what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? It's all about us. It's all about us. If we're going to better the world one attitude at a time, if we're going to better the world at all, it begins with each of us as an individual. When you get out there, be kind to one another, be grateful for everything that you've got, and remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. Please share this episode. This, this is a very important episode. Please subscribe to the D-Rate They Hate podcast wherever you get your audio. Share episodes like this. With, with Share them far and wide. You just don't know who it's going to help. And, and, it, and it could be, you know, it, it could be a life and death thing for somebody. So, again... I'm Wilk from WilksWorld.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm back on audio. Catch you next week.